You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Hello and welcome. This is Caroline Kay from carolinekay.co, hostess of the Snippets of Genius podcast, business and success coach. If you're a client, show guest, weekly listener, or a friend of mine, welcome back. If you're new to the show, it's great to have you here. And I hope that this show is exactly the insight you've been needing to move the needle on your business idea. Today, I am joined by the one and only Ben Collins. Ben previously came on the show right back in the early days, episode one, series one. Go check it out and hear about his amazing entrepreneurial journey, the ballsy moves that he made to get himself where he is today. Now we're jumping back in at the next chapter where we all had to suffer the pandemic. It was pretty shit, let's face it. But this man did not let it get him down. He came at it full force (laughs) and I can't wait for him to tell you that story. So Ben, welcome back to the show. Hello, Caroline. (laughs) Hello, hello. So happy to have you here. Happy to be here. As as I knew you would be, Ben. Mm -hmm. As I knew you would be. Tell us a little bit about how you went on a journey to build a tech startup during the horrible pandemic. I thought the pandemic would be a terrific opportunity for other companies to get their Dish Larson gear. Now, that sort of sort of happened a little bit. And one of the success stories was we had a partner who had a client who used to hold an event every year. And that obviously event, the fiscal event, and that event couldn't happen. And they were... They were pretty, I'm trying to think of a proper way. So they were shitting their pants about it. So we together with Skylark, our partner, you know, we put our sort of heads together and thought, how could we not only, you know, in their eyes sort of save this event, but also how could we take the opportunity of the event of sort of making it a little bit more exciting? So we started off with that project. It was a raging success. And we sort of developed it out into a fully fledged business. So tell us a bit more about building that out into a fully fledged business. So we went in for a government grant. We got accepted. We got 50,000 to be able to put into the platform. By by having sort of been working on this project, we've sort of done a lot of the groundwork, a lot of the research to do it. But ultimately, it was a great, you know, I think when you're starting a business, it's brilliant that you've got a, already a, a user case study to sort of to reference. And you've already done some of the groundwork to do it. You know, for us... And not only that, but the roadmap ahead that there would be other people needing this. And I think ultimately, everybody, I mean, I was trying to think the other day, did I ever do video calls before the pandemic? I actually genuinely don't know. I think I might have done a couple, but but to go beyond video, now everyone's sort of video call savvy. Well, what does it mean to have a, a digital experience with other people, I suppose? What does that mean? Coming from a creative background and working with, a you know, a, a running a creative agency, you the question was, well, how can we elevate this experience? And for us, that was kind of, from that first use case study we did, that was kind of pretty obvious to us. 
And so tell me a little bit about some of the obstacles that you've had while scaling okay. Wingdom. Well, I suppose we just leapt into it thinking that, you know, these experiences, brand experiences, the things we've done for years without, I hadn't truly accepted that we were also getting into the world of events. So one of the first events we did was across Wait, wait, three... wait. So you're starting an events company and you didn't realise you were going into no. events. <laughs> no, not How at all. How does that work? <laughs> because I just do stuff that I that find I find interesting and work it out as I go along. It's an iterative Excellent. process, right? The problem is, is that suddenly you're doing an event that has three different time zones and you've got to on board and get all these different speakers across. So it was it was Asia, Europe, and America. That ended up being myself and the team. And when I say myself and the team, I mean mostly the team, because I just take their glory. <laughs> it was a full week of people sleeping on office floors and getting two or three hours of sleep each day so that we could get the next event online. We sort of just went, ran into that and thought, oh, this should be fine. And then, yeah, you know, you had people literally sleeping underneath desks, you know, Asia was coming online in two or three hours. So that was a, that was an interesting week. And then suddenly we realized we we're in the events business. And I think that's when we started thinking, let's make this a SaaS model. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's get other people to build their own events rather than us running it. Glad you didn't just go, okay, this is going to be life. Mm. <laughs> this is how we're going to continue. No. Great. And so when you decided, okay, we're going to make it into a SaaS model, what, mm-hmm. what did you have to then learn to, to figure it out? The problem is, Caroline, is you asked me that question and I wouldn't even know where to start on what the technical aspects were. I certainly <laughs> saw them. That's uh, good. But yeah. There's some joy in knowing that you don't need to know everything. And you can That's start true. a tech business and go, do you know what? I'm going to get the experts who know that so, to come yeah. in and do it. Yeah. That's one of that. I think I, I covered that in your first podcast. I think the whole reason I jumped into an events business without realizing it was events or, or do these sort of things is because I don't need to be the brains behind the core tech that works you know when you build these sort of businesses you are part of a team that know it you know i bought certain skills to and certain attributes to the team so building tech was not as one of them the pretty face what were you bringing to the <laughs> <laughs> it's the market you know i i was there to be able to help, help find the market and be able to, to market it right so it was a lot of research into who would want this product and learning the events business and how who uh-huh. we could talk to about it as for building the tech that was not, you know, I was very much at a far, just sort of. Yeah, hand that over. Yeah. And yeah. so when you got to do your marketing side of things and mm-hmm. when you had to start sort of pinpointing your ideal clients, when you were shooting for the stars, who were you shooting for? So initially we were shooting for the big events guys. I think you used to work for a few of them, actually. Um, I think, I think yeah. some introductions were made, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, those sort of the big sort of event organizers we were looking for, you know, the, the guys who used to run thousands of events globally we had various success with that but ultimately again i think a lot of people looked at our platform and that's one thing i learned quickly is that you know we were i think at the beginning of the pandemic it felt like we were one of the first to actually really sort of jump on board this big virtual events thing but you were one of the first i think i remember you telling me the golden child if not of the uk innovate Grant. doesn't sound like me. We were the golden child of the UK in the way of that particular thing. And why? Thing. Yeah, they, why were you the golden child? Because we had already, had, we had a case use study. So this wasn't just, we've got this idea. It was, we've actually built this idea. It, we've iterated a version of it. It's been a success. We now want to expand. So we'd already had the the user case, all the, the data and everything. That that's what, you know, and, and it was a success. How was it a success, the first one that you did, your test bed? 
project? Why was it a success? Just, I think the, the, the vision that we'd had for this client got realized exactly how everybody thought it would. And it was, it's a, it's a fabulous platform that they, this particular client can use 365 days a year. Mm -hmm. It really gave life to their, to their marketing proposition, you know, and they, they still use it, you know, all the time they could with an iPad, they could take anybody through virtually anywhere around the world all their products as if they were physically in this space and they could right. see how you know this particular one is they could see how these, these products would be in real life it's a, it's, it's a really yeah. nice iteration of it so you can genuinely show people the future and what might what can be and what you can do exactly the, the fun part of creativity so that's a great exactly lesson. definitely and i think ultimately there were lots of other let's call them imitators just to piss them off who came <laughs> along but what was nice is that we did have a really strong USP at the beginning. It was the experience. You know, there were other people that did various versions of this, but we were one of the first, if not the first, to be able to have this virtual element to it. And that, you know, we then quickly through just being in the market, actually, you know, finding a few clients, but also getting out there, found we had a niche sort of focus for our for our customers. Love it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So tell us then a little bit about, you know, during this journey, we're building this startup. You know, what have you found most interesting or what have you found as your biggest learning? From a business point of view, it was that that experience I told you about before that suddenly you find, you know, when you leap in and you haven't given all that much thought to what you're doing, you learn on the job. And it was learning that actually what I thought initially thought was a product. When you start running events, you realize it's not a product. You're just doing another service, which is yeah. great to be able to bolster our marketing service, but it's not a product. And mm-hmm. I think the biggest learning was working out actually the benefit of building passive income through products rather than just being a full service marketing agency all the time. That's another thing you learn is that tech always takes three times as long as you think it is, which is fine. Well, when you think it is having not built tech before. So we're really looking forward to, to releasing the SaaS product. And the SaaS product will allow anybody to build their own worlds, much like this metaverse. You can build your own worlds and you can host events in it. Really looking forward to that. Oh, so we've touched on the metaverse there. We're going to have to dive a bit deeper. Well, yeah. Okay. Are we? So, Are we? Well, <laughs> you know, I think the metaverse at the moment, it's a quite a broad term. But actually, metaverse for most people is just a more immersive experience that you can have that real-time communication with people. I think that the first sort of people that came to us were your more standard events. And we'd created this platform that allowed you to be able to speak to people in real-time at booths and be able to allow you to, to explore a lobby. Now, those are quite sexy lobbies. You know, they, uh, with the power of VR and CGI, you can certainly do more. But that led us to do a job with, uh, with DreamWorks and the park. That was really interesting. I think what was interesting is the park, the agency we worked with, they saw the potential in this platform. So in the broadest possible sense, DreamWorks wanted to do almost like a virtual theme park for some of their assets like Kung Fu Panda and uh, Boss Baby and people like that. And so we started working on that through the platform. And that was really creative, right? That was really fun. You know, we created Kung Fu Panda World where people could explore around, they could play games inside. I mean, this was for this was for kids, also adults, if you're into that. But you know, it was a nice creative way of using the virtual environment with interactive hot touch points in there, as well as having some real-time communication. So that was really fun. 
Brilliant. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so we talked a little bit about some of the challenges you had there about pinpointing your ideal customer yeah. and actually trying to meet your vision for where you could go creatively, but then actually with who's going to pay the bills and who wants to buy the product <laughs> at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So how are you continuing to evolve that to actually be able to build your own vision and create the kind of work you want to put out there in the world? Because in your heart, you are a creative, right, Ben? Mm-hmm. So for us it's about you know who's looking for that elevated creative experience so you know we are now partnering with other people who you know the grandiose example of dreamworks is one but actually it could be loads of different people who are just looking to do something different just you know or to have a bit of interaction or a bit of immersivity which i know is not a word one of my (laughs) copywriters came yeah my my copywriter came up with it that the other day and i was like that's not a word but i'm gonna use it Um, if you own it (laughs) there you go so I think that that's when we find the most success is the elevation in experience. And we, and we had it a lot, you know, people would say, well, why would you just recreate a physical event virtually? It's a great question. Well, you won't, you would tr- try to improve it. You try and make it better. Brilliant. So let's go quick fire round, Ben. Oh God. What's one thing you wish you'd done sooner? I, w- w- I wished I invested sooner. Thanks to mum and dad who never told me to invest. I wish I'd actually looked into investing. It was a bit more, financially savvy i think yeah i think that's advice any parents could give to anyone is about investing for sure brilliant and what's the best part about your job financial and creative freedom biggest lesson in running your own business sweat the small stuff that's something you know i think business isn't all about spreadsheets and line items i think there's lots of social currency to be taken into consideration and i think that's often something that gets missed what do you mean by that Social currency. So someone was asking me the other day about, you know, why, you know, having run a production company for 15 years, sort of what gives you longevity? You know, often people would say it's about the bottom line, the cost and the product. It's also about the service and the interactions you have with people as well. You know, I think there's lots of social currency you have that I think has really helped us garner a reasonably long list of retained clients and customers. I think there is something about customer service and that isn't just a a sort of a a chat bot on the end of a, on the end of your browser. It's, it's looking into the whites of people's eyes. It's, it's sort of having a personal connection with people. I think that's kind of important. That's a lovely one. Okay. What are the best resources that have helped you along the way? Be that a book or a podcast? So I'm a big fan of Blinkist at the moment. As you very well know, Caroline, it's difficult for me to get through a whole book. And so it's I'm difficult, finding... but not impossible. Not impossible. Not I impossible. Get a lot from it when you do do it, Ben. So yeah, well, okay. For this. <laughs> Lovely transition into the book, Work Smarter, Live Better, which was given to me by Caroline. Now, I've always, I've always been really into productivity. I love productivity app. And that book, for me, has been the best book I've read that really helped the business. Now, productivity apps, Evernote, I'm a, I'm a huge note taker. I remember an old girlfriend of mine from years and years ago used to say, you know, don't you write notes? I was like, no, I just keep everything in my head. And then as soon as I started writing notes because of her advice, I now, I had notebooks that if I lost them, I was completely and utterly fucked. So now Evernote is, is I've used that for over a decade. That's a big thing. I believe you never used to write notes and just kept it no. all in your head. That bit of I know. Mental, absolutely mental. <laughs> now, yeah, it's ridiculous. And I do love a good pair of headphones. I know I'm obsessed with headphones and that is because 
I think, especially when you're running lots of different businesses and you have mild ADD like I do, it's quite difficult. It's quite easy to be able to, to look at, to get distracted by twinkly things. And I think headphones allows me to sort of, whether I'm walking, listening to something when I'm walking or, you know, it's always good to let your mind roam, but it's also good to help you focus in on stuff. Love that. Great advice. What's a hard lesson you've learned in business? I think there is something to fail fast. That's not just to say just to cut everything as soon as it doesn't work, but but just mind that there's a huge world of other things out there that if something isn't working ideally or perfectly, this could be for your personal life as well, by the way, sack it off. <laughs> sack it off. You've heard it here first. Yeah. Brilliant. Tell us, when you've had a bit of a bad day, what's the one music track that lights you up and makes you feel that you can take on the day? I'm going to give you two. Uh, for the oldies, it's Freebird by Leonard Skinnerd. Shout out to my old friend Howard for that one. And slightly new one would be the Soul Wax remix of Gravity's Rainbow by the Claxons, which really gets me going. Amazing. They'll be available mm. in the show notes. I'll be sure to add them in. <laughs> ben, thank you so much for being a wonderful guest today. Thank you, Caroline. It's been a pleasure and I can't wait to have you back on a future series. Until then, listeners, thanks for joining us on Snippets of Genius. And that's a wrap. I hope that you found that burst of inspiration and motivation you need to start building the business you love. Do check out every episode's show notes for links to these fabulous companies these superstars are building. If you have a question you'd like to ask, you are invited to come and join all of us from this series over on LinkedIn and the Snippets of Genius community. And finally, if you haven't already subscribed, get on over to your preferred podcast platform, search and subscribe to Snippets of Genius and get every episode sent directly to you. Thanks so much for listening. Speak to you next week. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.